Era, era, two heels in a face. Thanks for listening to this episode of Twos in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode is the aftermath of Warrior Wrestling Friday Night Lights. Um, we have two people in the house. Mr. Eric, Mr. Steve, you know him pretty well. You're, you're probably familiar, pretty familiar with these podcasts. I don't need to say much. Uh, Chris, though, I want to go check in with you first. How are you doing, my good man? And I'm glad to see that you finally have power, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, I know we postponed this a little bit. And deep inside, I was like, hopefully we postponed it far enough. I will have power and you don't have to hear a generator in the background. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> yes, a week without power is not fun, but... You know, we're here. We got power. Everything's somewhat back to normal. I mean, COVID's still around, but, you know. And we went to a wrestling show this weekend, and yeah. I went to the one week before that. So I guess I guess I'm winning. Yeah. That's about as normal as you can get, my friend. Mm-hmm. That's true. We, we're starting to build, yeah, rack up a couple, rack up a few, like, like week to week. It kind of feels like, you know, like those weeks last year, August 2019, where it was just like, oh, shit, we can't go to all of these in, like, the same week. You'd have, like... Da, 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 like six, six six shows running in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't going to go to them anyway. So, uh, but this, so we had two back to back. You guys got a, so first of all, uh, Eric and Steve, both welcome. You guys both got a lot of praise for uh, like, like some high camera angle shots. And I don't know if you guys put that one out there or like the black and white one for ha- running a safe show. Um, so I just want to just clap it up for you guys for, for, Woo. We're pulling through and, and making something happen and giving giving us a bright spot. But welcome both of you. How are you guys doing? Thank you. I'm good. Hang yeah, ditto. I'm great, man. Like like you said, we uh, were very lucky with the way everything came together. And as that show was over, it, we just kind of looked at each other, Eric and I did, and we're like, that it worked. You know, we we were, we we thought it would work, but it did work, and we were pretty darn happy with it. Yeah. Did you guys do one of those things where you're like, you stayed after everyone left and just sat on the bleachers together and just stared off into the field as like the lights went down? Did you have one of those moments? Oh, damn. Right. So it didn't work. We screwed it up. We missed, we missed that part. Uh, It was, no, actually it was, um, it was actually the easiest. Steve and I were talking about this, the the setup and the teardown for that show was the easiest of any of the shows we've ever done. Uh, because it was so minimalistic, it's just a ring on the field and a bunch of cones. Right. Yeah. Uh, the hard part was just getting Fight TV out there so that they could um, live stream it. Obviously, there's no you know internet connection in the uh, 50 yard line. Yeah. Oh, that's how right. did how did that even happen? I mean, how what did you guys do for that? Just one long extension cord, feet of cable, a generator, a switch, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of duct tape and spit and gum, and but it connected. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool to see Val on the uh, what uh, as as commentary. I, don't, I think that might have been her first commentary, but uh, I think that was a pleasant surprise. Um, I definitely was noticing like the cones placed everywhere with like the individual chairs, and people were like, "Like you guys weren't kidding." You know, it was like it wasn't like you were thinking to people in safety first. I think because. It was, people were not on top of each other at all and you could see different rows and they weren't even like stacked. They were like off to the side a little bit so people could have direct line of sight. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to point out that that was super impressive and you guys got a lot of love online. And I think, you know, 
hopefully you guys took time to at least stop stop and, and, and smell the turf, if you will, in that sense. And it sounds like you did. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. So for us, the important thing is that we we showed that you can do it. You can do mm-hmm. it safely, mm-hmm. right? So in, in dealing with the pandemic, there's this spectrum from flippant and dangerous to paranoid and overly worried. And the reality is we need to be somewhere in the middle, right? If you take all the proper precautions, you can still live a somewhat normal life. You can do the things that you love in a certain way and and you don't have to forego them. And that's hopefully what we show that you can safely attend a wrestling show during COVID. And and I think the, you know, like, sure, you guys put everything in place, but I guess also you can never predict what people are going to do. Right. And the fact that the crowd respected all those rules that were in place for their safety, like it also speaks to, to, to the warrior crowds, the warrior fan base. Um, and one of the, the the most impressive things that that I heard was that this was the the most attended wrestling show in North America since COVID since the COVID shutdown happened. That's yeah, that's not far. an easy thing to say. No, so I think as far as we know, the the number two would have been one of the GCW shows that capped at about two hundred, and we did somewhere between four hundred and fifty and five hundred, and so um, it, it was literally the biggest wrestling show in North America since mid-March, which, you know, we're always trying to break ground and do something new and unique, <laughs> and you can't get more unique than that. We outdrew AEW, we outdrew <laughs> WWE, we outdrew, we outdrew all SmackDown and Dynamite combined. Wow. Suck it, Vince. Um, <laughs> uh, now you Tony, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, now you're Tony. Um, so you got, I mean, are you guys going to be just like, Holding this might be the record then the 2020 record you could go down like put it on your someone's wiki page ho, ho, Wikipedia page hopefully you guys can can keep, I mean not hopefully for the sense of the fans but have you thought about that No I never you know what to or be just honest wrestling with, show in know, 2020 yeah um, well since from March onward because you know there was stuff oh sure, March, sure 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 so sure. but from in the pandemic yeah I think because I don't think we're going back to indoor attendance anytime soon Eric and I have talked right. about we do not believe that anybody's going to host a show indoors with lots of fans over the course of the winter. So after we go, after it gets cold, the next time you're going to see a lot of fans is in the spring. So we very well could go down as the most attended wrestling show during the pandemic, which you know what? I wish there wasn't a pandemic, but I'll take that. Yeah, no, I know for sure. Yeah, definitely silver lining, like trying to find silver linings um, in, in just how we're living our daily life. Cool. Um, how did the fan fest work? Okay, go ahead. Honestly, though, I would rather, I, I would hope that, um, like, in, in, a, in a perfect situation, I would hope that we weren't the biggest. We were the first to have large numbers, but sure. hopefully, we, you know, we, th- that I would, I would love it to be something where it was. It's like a blueprint, and I mean, there are high school football fields all over the United States. There are there are stadiums way bigger than Spartan Stadium that that other venues, other other promotions can see this and say like okay, so it is possible. You can do it. You can be safe. You can protect everyone and you can still have a great show. I would love to, to be second or third on that list by the end of 2020. Um, if it meant that, that more, more wrestling gets to happen in more places, more wrestlers get in the ring, more workers are, yeah. are able to work, more fans are able to attend outside of just Chicago. I mean, you know, we're like, like Steve said, our, our weather is going to shift pretty, pretty quickly here. But, um, you know, there are other warm weather areas where they could run 
all year. And I, and I hope that they, if they heard of warrior wrestling or if they heard of this show uh, and they took the time to investigate it and say like, dude, we could totally do that. That's that I think would be, would be a, a, a legacy that warrior would be most proud of. Absolutely. That was very well said. Yeah, no. And that's, that's a great way of thinking as well. Um, what uh, explain, did, did the fan fest happen and did it work? And what was like your, what was your thoughts about that? Did you, do you guys think you're going to do it like that again? Cause that was, that was a little bit more complicated. Like how do you have someone have an interaction with someone, you know, a payable interaction when under these circumstances? Yeah, we actually, uh, so we surveyed the fans afterwards about safety and how they thought things went and had an open-ended question there. And, and a lot of people said they actually preferred this style of fan fest. Basically we had all of the stars along the sideline and they were all individual lines. So no group was ever more than mm-hmm. 10 people. And people were waiting. You know, the table was there. It was six feet. Then it was the sideline. And people were waiting six feet back from there. So some people actually preferred it to the regular Fan Fest because it was so laid back. And, and honestly, for the whole thing, Fan Fest, the show, we heard from tons of – nobody said this sucked. I wish it was in the gym. But I had at least two dozen people come up to me and probably as many to Eric who said, this was awesome. Let's do it again. Or I like this better than being in the gym. Yeah. I think as a whole, it worked pretty well. That's really cool. Yeah, I um, I I kind of ran in an instance like that too, where I went to like a very uh, and it was like in Michigan in July. I went to like a very small wedding, like wedding party and some immediate family only. And I was just like, I love. I was like, I I wish all weddings were like this. Like it was so intimate, and you just got to talk to. Like I was sitting across from the grandmother of the bride who I don't really know that well. And, and it was just like, it was, I had one of those aha moments. Like, could this be done better? Have we always been doing it wrong? But uh, I don't know if that's what you were thinking, but. Yeah, we did that with our school's graduation. So we normally host it in the giant convention center. We moved it to the football field. The kids sat with their families. The parents walked up with the kids and stood in front row while their kids got their diploma. And then they walked back as a family. So that way we, didn't, we weren't intermixing kids and families and stuff. Yeah. And, to a T, every family was like, this is how you should do it from now on. It's much better. So sometimes you, you fall backwards into a better way. Yeah, that's great. Interesting. So, Chris, you want to maybe – I don't know if we want to just, like, cherry pick some, some matches that stuck out to us. I don't know if we want to read the results, too, because people can still watch us on fight. And then I don't know if we want to be, like, Mr. Spoily Spoiler. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Chris, do you want to get into cool. some, so some of the uh, matches? Or do you yeah, have any other so questions? I, I do have a quick question. Um, so, you know, during the fan fest and all, um, I, I was able to catch up with, with a couple of our friends, like Dougie wrestling was there. We ended up catching up. We actually caught, you know, went to get some food before the show. When we came back, I saw like whoever I thought was going to be part of the Spartan stadium, the scramble. Like I thought they were coming back. I'm like, Oh, did I just miss that? But it was before the show started. So did any like pre-show stuff happen that, that I missed? There was a um, there was one pre-show match. There was at about seven forty. Okay. Do we know who they are? <laughs> who the wrestlers were? <laughs> uh, it, so I- Icon Lee was in there. Uh, the Prodigy okay. was in there. Crash Jackson, uh, Chandler Hopkins, a couple of other guys. Basically, so multi man. Yeah, it was a six man. It was a three on three, and it was guys who had been recommended by other wrestlers on our show. And that's something that we've been really proud of throughout cool. the years of Warrior is mm-hmm. that. 
wrestlers think enough of us in the promotion to say, Hey, you know, we, this guy really deserves a shot. And we trust the wrestlers to say who who's good. And, and honestly, you know, some of those six guys, three of them went in their sight unseen, but you know what? Zach Wentz told me this guy is good and he's worth a shot. So he get he gets it. Trey Miguel told me this guy's worth a shot. So he gets it. And so, um, we gave those guys a shot and they, they tore it up. It was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I'm like, did I just miss something? And I'm like, but you know, once once I got there, like, got to the bleacher on my on the side that I was sitting on, I'm like, okay, the show's just starting. So yeah, I wasn't sure if I missed anything. Uh, but you know, and, and like Charlie said, uh, maybe you wouldn't want to go match by match, but we definitely have to talk about like Kylie opening up the show. That was so cool against Raylan. You know, compared to to other shows, like kind of like that first match, like people are not sure. You know, like. Do you chant? Are you chanting loud? But in this case, it was out in the open field as we talked about. And I don't know if we talked about that while recording or before we started recording, but the sound does go up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're far away, like I was in the bleachers, like I'm like, I, I wasn't getting that usual, you know, roar that we get, you know, when Kylie walks to the curtain. So, but then eventually you kind of start getting in the mood of things and, and it picks up. But I thought that was, that was an interesting choice also to have Kylie kick off the show. We, we kind of went back and forth on which, um, which match should, should lead off the show. And uh, ultimately, I think it came down for us to the question of, okay, so Chicago has been without live wrestling for how long? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do we want to give them that that they've been waiting for the longest? Like, you know, it's like like uh, when I was a kid, we always I always you get got to open one present on Christmas Eve before I fell asleep before Santa came. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we, we've all we've all been cooped up in our houses. We've all been trying to make the best of it. What is what is the best like Christmas Eve present that like you've been waiting for? It's been sitting under the tree for for weeks now and you're like, oh, that's, I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's big. And when I rattle it, it makes some noise. I want to open that right now. And and I think that the answer for Chicago is Kylie Ray. Yeah. That is that is what we have been missing. That is what we have been wanting to see. We love Kylie. We love cheering for Kylie. We love watching Kylie matches. So why, why wait? Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's open that gift right now. She's the queen of of pantomime, and I feel like she could like spot, she could like lock eyes with someone uh, on the turnbuckle, like in the bleachers, and like wave at them, and they would be like, "Oh shit, Kylie's <laughs> waving at me," and like give that wave back. So yeah, I mean, she can she can project that far if she needs to, and she's really good at like slowing down and like making sure she gets all her taunts in too. Like even before her music hits. I think she's got her entrance down. Like every time, you, every time during her entrance, you know what she's going to do. But it's it, that's not a bad thing, and she makes sure she like fully gets that entrance in, which is good. And, and she is just again. If we were to start a national promotion and we got to draft people, you draft Kylie Ray at or near the top because she oh, yeah. is the total package. I just rewatched the show a couple nights ago. Um, and, and I obviously saw most of it live, but I'm in and out, but I rewatched it with commentary on a fight TV and on TV, it just comes across even more. So just how quick she is, how strong she is, how polished she is. There is not a missed step in a Kylie Ray match. And, and in addition to, as Eric said, giving everyone that Christmas gift of Kylie's back, we also start the show with one of our absolute best performers to say like, this is the caliber of what we're doing. Everybody who's coming next follow that 
And you know what? Ray Lynn was no slouch either. She was right, right there right. speed wise, strike wise. You know, as I watched the show back, I was more impressed with that match on TV than I was even in person. Yeah. Oh, Eric, it sounds like you uh, snuck under the tree and got yourself a second gift because right after that, Isaiah <laughs> and uh, Trey Lamar happened and it almost was like the here's the here's a not that you guys intended this way because it, it's not it doesn't have to be female and male and we've talked about that in the podcast before it was like here's what the females can do bada boom 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 and then it's like two it's like almost like the same kind of like action male match or a singles match right after and uh and and it was a one-two punch if you will um, so yeah, Eric, did you, did you what did you grab, you grabbed that second gift from the tree, didn't you? You snuck, you snuck downstairs and you grabbed that ah, second gift. You know what? I'm, I'm an only child. I, I can't, <laughs> I'm a spoiled brat when it comes to, to my wrestling. I want it all and I want it right now. <laughs> and, um, and, and actually, you know, kind of touching on what Steve said that this, that he, he said two words that, um, we've kind of, it, it's not, it's nothing official, but we've kind of made it our backstage slogan. Um, no matter where you are on the card, we want you to go put on an insanely awesome match so that when you walk backstage from the the, the field at this point, you, you look at the rest of the, the card and you say, <laughs> follow that, you know, yes. and uh, they definitely did. And, and it wasn't there was no, you know, love lost between uh, Kylie and Isaiah's going back to back like that with the whole follow that mentality. They knew they were going Very back true. to back. Um, Kylie, Kylie came back and said, follow that. And Isaiah said, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No. Put that on the shirt with Steve's face on it. Follow that. <laughs> follow that. Well, then, then it sounds like you're trying to follow Steve. Yeah. Follow this. <laughs> well, that sounded really creepy. Don't yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Kylie posted the win. Isaiah's picks of the win back to back. Um, almost like a almost like a cut pair of back to back Cubs homers on a on a warm summer night. Um, That's a beautiful analogy. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And then uh, what were you gonna say, Chris? I was gonna go. Right no, I was gonna there. say. And you had like you said beautiful analogy. I'm like, and you had beautiful pictures. Uh, like your photographers, like Basil. I don't know if you had anybody else. I know there was a a drone flying around. I was like, and. <laughs> It, I was like, once I saw the the actual footage of it, like once it came out, I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was Basil. It was Ian from Three Count, and actually the drone was from the school. That was Michael Cassidy, our in-house audio and visual guru. And between the three of them, you know, the, the shots are just. I always love, you know, Ian and Basil shots, and, and some of the other mm-hmm. photographers that come and, and shoot our shows. But um, this one was just being outside with the lights. There's a great picture of Jake something and Joey Janela each walking to the ring as the sun sets. And it's like red and blues in, in the sunset over the Western sky in Chicago Heights. And that, like, I got choked up looking at that picture. I was like, what, what are cool moment? You know, cause I, I've been there for so many sunsets on soccer games and football games and all these things, you know, throughout my life. And now to watch the sunset over the wrestling show that we're doing on the 50 yard line, that was really special. That's cool. Yeah, yeah and- it was a lifetime environment. I mean, the, the, the thank God the weather. I mean, we that that could have completely ruined the night for us had it gone the other direction. But it was so far in the beautiful side of the spectrum. I you couldn't ask for anything more. And then the the the, the views with the the sun setting, and then these incredible athletes and 
you know, you're, you're outside, you're feeling the breeze. It was, it was, we knew it was going to be something different. We didn't know it was going to be something special. Yeah. Well, you know what was special was watching Sam Adonis get his ass kicked the entire match. He didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I like, I probably looked at my phone a couple times during the match. I'm not going to lie or like got up to get something, but like, I don't think I saw him get one move in, which was great. Like it was a whole match of him just getting into his ass beat. And then he's just like, fuck this. I can't handle this anymore. And then he just low blows him for the DQ. Like that, that to me was great booking that you never see. You never see just like a hundred, like 90, 10 or a hundred percent. But like, think about it. Like every sports team, some, some days you just get walloped. Like some days you play the Patriots and they kick your ass. Like that's just what happens mm-hmm. sometimes like in football. So I think Adonis was a little overwhelmed with his matchup. Dude, what do you guys think? He, well, he did get one offensive maneuver in. He did a, yeah. a top rope walk into a jumping blockbuster, which was pretty cool. I okay. think that was his, that and the low blow were his two offensive maneuvers. <laughs> match. But, but I agree with you, right? So it, it is one of those things. So pulling the curtain back a little bit, a lot of indie shows are set up where like, well, everyone's going to try and go out there and have like a five-star reversal for reversal for reversal. And like, that's not maybe not true to the characters, right? In right. that sense. You have Lance Archer, who is a force of nature. He's a volcano. And I don't care how much crap Sam Adonis talks, you cannot stand in front of a tidal wave and tell it to, to simmer down. And so <laughs> that's the story, right, is, is you've got this bad guy with a big mouth who is just trying to push a Mack truck, and it ain't happening. And you know what? They were not going to have the technical match that Isaiah and Trey had. They were not going to have the chaotic match right. that the Rascals had. They had a different match, and they nailed exactly what they set out for. So, I again, watching this back on TV, I liked it even more than when I saw it in person. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. What do you think, Eric? Uh, so, pulling the curtain back again, I actually have not seen the show yet. Um, okay. I, uh, I, I catch you know bits and pieces as, uh, as it's happening live. I've seen the first two matches. I, I've watched those okay. back. Uh, we're also going back to school. Uh, you know, Steve and I are, are shoot jobs where we work in schools. And mm-hmm. uh, so I've been uh, meetings and trainings and uh, getting ready for this whole remote learning thing. Right. Um, the, you know, it, it's, it's a school year unlike any other, just like we had a wrestling show unlike any other. So um, I, I, I'm watching like a match here and there as I have time. Uh, but I've actually only seen full, full through those first two matches. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a big part backstage with the guys and, and yeah. I knew what they were what they what the, what the plan was going in and and they they nailed it they crushed it um and it was this match specifically was important and I'm we'll get to it later but this match and the way it happened and the the story they told was important not just from bell to bell but later on uh, through the rest of the show yeah, and and they they nailed it. Had they not done what they did, or had they not been able to do it with such a high level of efficiency and and efficacy, then they would have, you know, had a, a ripple effect on a later on portion of the show that may have not given the same kind of reaction or or, or feeling that the crowd got when this event happened. So um, it was it was extra important that this match come off perfectly, and it and it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys know, and we've talked about this before, whether it's Warrior One with Adonis and Del Rio's brothers or in, the, in the beginning in Swagger and then the main event there, or Warrior Eight with Pillman and Bully Ray and then Pillman 
uh, in the war of attrition, we really like to plant a seed and then deliver on it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think a, 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 an indie wrestling show, it's not a TV show. It's not a weekly or a monthly event where you can weave all these storylines that people are going to remember. It's really a movie. You know, once at every quarter we put together a movie and the movie should have some very basic through line to it that tells you a story over the course of the night. And this match was act one. And then the end of the night was act two. We told a story that hopefully a family walked away going, you know, I was disappointed in this part in the beginning, but then it all made sense at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. It was cool. This to see you guys step out of that template and do, just do something really different with a match. Um, talk about different. So there's a, there's a, <laughs> I don't even know what to call him. I don't want to call him a bad word because I'm afraid he'll knock me over in the head with like a, a brontosaurus femur. But like, who <laughs> is Beast Man? Can you explain? <laughs> I'm just going to let you talk because I don't even know what question to ask or what language this man speaks. Um, I don't think you need to. I think you got it. I mean, your description right now is, is basically what he was going for. <laughs> My yeah. notes just say, yes to Beast Man, more Beast Man. Me want more Beast Man. Beast Man should challenge next to one on one wrestling. That's what my that's what my notes say. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. As a performer, a as a man. character, and as a human, uh, an absolute wonder to, to to add to Warrior Wrestling. And I can tell you this. I, I don't know when, I don't know where, but there will be more Beast Man because my favorite spot of the entire show was during that match when nine guys were gathered and they all fled to leave Matt Nick pancakes by the beast man. I was on the bleachers marking out like a kid at WrestleMania. I was like, what? So beast man. Yes. More beast man. That was insane. And then you had like a, like a trio of clowns, but they were operating like as one person, they were like all, all on the ring together or either all on the apron together. So it was just like, are there more people in this match? It was like, oh no, it's like that boss you fight in the vi- a video game where he's got all these minions and they do like, they're just as part of the, as a, of the match as he is. So that threw me for like a couple of loops because I knew it was going to be wacky, but I felt like you guys like turned, tried to turn on the stove and then like the switch broke and it just kept like going. Like <laughs> it was just like, oh shit, <laughs> we turned this up way too much. That is exactly what we were going for with that match. That these match clowns, uh, <laughs> were these clowns? So I'm not familiar with the clowns, but I remember seeing them at um, at the VIP Fan Fest last Warrior Show. Were, were they there? They were. Chicago Sideshow. Yeah. yeah. So they have actually helped backstage for a few shows, and okay. uh, they were in character at the yeah. Fan Fest for Warrior Eight, okay, and I um, just. Yeah. Great guys, great performers. And again, it was one of those things where for us, it's all about fit. We don't want to just throw guys or girls or matches Mm -hmm. on the show. It's got to fit what we think is going to work really well and what's going to flow. And so we've been waiting for a few shows to find the right fit for the Chicago sideshow. And sure enough, this was fit like a hand in glove. Yeah, because they were the only ones in a mask, and you know, like then, like Doug, and they're like, "Do you know these guys?" And I'm like, "No, like they're new to me, but I recognize them from last show." Uh, so yeah, like that that was cool. It was it was definitely a, a wacky wacky match. Yeah, it fit like the patella of a triceratops in the Museum of Science and Industry. That's how it fit. <laughs> yeah, Eric, we- this was your brainchild, wasn't it? To a certain extent, yeah. So Steve and I were watching um, AEW when they did their stadium stampede. We were watching that one together. And um, 
And I, I'm not even like like halfway through the match, I just turned and looked at Steve like I just like pooped my pants. And and he's he's like, what? I'm like, we have a football stadium. <laughs> we do a stadium stampede too. And you know that in that moment, the inspiration was uh, the, the, was born. And um, we 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 honestly we didn't even know what it was going to be by the end. We were like, we want it to be crazy, to be fun, to just have action all over the place, kind of drawing the inspiration from the original Stadium Stampede, where it took place at different parts, and there was so much character work. Uh, there was there was great wrestling, but there was also great humor, um, and so we we're like, let's. Let's turn this match into like a stew of some of the best characters in indie wrestling right now, um, and and it had the full gambit of flavors from from a character standpoint, and um, and then and that's where you know sometimes as a chef you put all your ingredients together and you stir it up, and then it's up to the ingredients to figure out how they're all gonna work together before you take a taste. And that match, we we threw all the the characters in, and we said. So this is what it's called, the Spartan Stadium Stampede Scramble Palooza. And uh, <laughs> go out there and have a great time. And, like, I mean, we, we gave them nearly no instructions because they were coming to me and they're like, Eric, what the hell is a Stadium Stampede Spartan Scramble? I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> hey, because I'm not in the match. I don't have to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're paying you for. Figure it out, Nick's. And that's exactly who we went to. And when we made it official over text message, I was talking with Matt Nix and I said, we're putting you in charge of this thing. You're going to make it fly. And he said, I would be honored. And I said, and I told him, you know, my one demand was I'm putting two Cowboys in this match and I want to draw at some point. <laughs> Done. That's yes. what I was going to be a follow up. I was going to say the follow up from this match would be the, the Cowboys just going at it. And then, you bring in like when you because when I heard the name, I thought of like the WCW World Wild, where they brought in like the bales of hay, of hay, the stacks and the wooden like two piece fence. And then you just bring that bring that in and just have a full like, you know, horse and cart, a full. I mean, you have all this room. There's so much room out there. <laughs> like, you know, you could have built an old Western town. And, uh... <laughs> With like the flat buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I have a nice cowboy follow-up match. But yeah, it was uh, it was uh, like you can't watch that and just and be like, I'm not entertained. Like I'll be like, you're lying, you're lying if you're not entertained. Okay, can we just make yeah. a little uh, sidebar here and talk about Matt Nick's outfit? Oh like, my god, that was a thing of beauty. Pur- purple poppy to the hundredth. Like he took it to the next level. Like he was already all purpled out and got new gear made. The hair was extra purple shades. He looked like when he when I saw him, I'm like, oh shit, that's Nix. Like yeah. it, it took me a minute to like like who's that? Oh wait, that's yeah, I see purple, that's Nix. You know, he was essentially dressed in I'm looking for a specific picture here that I'm gonna show you guys in a moment. He was essentially dressed in like a fancy living room couch. It was like velvet but with raised patterns. So you uh-huh. could race the stuff, and I felt I was like are you a couch? <laughs> um, Ian from Three Count was doing photos with Matt Nix uh, outside of the, the backstage area as the sun went down. And Eric and I were able to photobomb one 
for this gem. Oh, oh, oh wow. Have you put that <laughs> online yet? Or? No. Oh, not yet. The world debut of that beautiful thing. <laughs> it's like you guys are standing next to a Crown Royal bottle with arms. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness oh, that's funny yeah i think the coffee's kicking in um um what was i gonna say i don't even know what i was gonna say the follow-up well the other you know crazy match i think that everybody was also waiting for was the the three-way or, or six man not three-way or as you like to call them trios am i right <laughs> the trios yeah yeah <laughs> uh rascals tez des and wentz versus blake christian alex Zane, and ben carter like holy shit like the it, there was no roof, so it couldn't be blown off of the uh, off of the stadium. But if if there was a roof, the crowd was loud during that one. Yes, it, I, and you know what I loved about that match so much? Obviously, these guys all can fly off the top rope like crazy, but they spent a solid like five minutes just beating each other up on the turf. Yeah. It was just a yeah. fight on the football field, and that was so unique because no other match did anything like that. And that was my favorite part of the match. I was actually hoping, I was, like, yeah, I was I was hoping for the for the drone to fly over during that match and just catch okay. some crazy shots. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm okay. I, I begged Cassidy to do that. I, orig- I actually had a, a little um, a little side bet with the Rascals going into it. I said I haven't cleared this with anyone, but we have a drone, and if I can get it to fly over the ring during your match can you guys do something cool where like all three <laughs> are off the top rope and then you like look up and wave to the, to the drone like mid flip. Cause like that would just be an insane shot. And, uh, and they were, they were down for it. They were, they were going to try and do it. But um, turns out there are rules uh, with flying objects in the sky okay. at night and over people, which yeah. you can't do either. And unfortunately that point in the show, it was at night and it would have been over people. Um, so literally everything you can't do with a drone is what that would have required. <laughs> so instead, uh, but but you know what? That actually gave us the um, that shot that you were uh, referencing earlier. That um, mm-hmm. the shot of the overhead shot where you're kind of looking down at the crowd and you can actually see um, a good perspective of distance and space and safety yeah. and social distancing. And so um, we didn't get the shot of the rascals, but if you look at the ring, um, that picture is from that match and it was me just poking Cassidy over and over and over again like go turn it on where's the where's the drone go is it on yet go turn it on <laughs> and and I think he did it just to just to shut me up at one point um but he, he just we couldn't fly it over people we couldn't fly it you know uh at, with any motion at night so we just straight up took our picture straight down um right, but it, it ended up working out pretty well well well, I'm sure you guys will fa- find a way around that. I have faith in you. Um, so, keep, <laughs> so keep keep reading the uh, reading the fine print there. Um, uh, th- yeah, I, Steve, you said it. I think perfectly. The best part of that sh- match wasn't no one was in the air for it. Um, they were all standing on two feet, and then the the camera just got who I don't know who was doing the camera cuts or how that's done or who the person is, but it was just like they just kept cutting, and I was just like, oh shit, oh, and then it was just like kept cutting again cut back and it was like chops and then like it was cool that they just kept cutting they each like paired off and it was like every three seconds they would cut to someone just getting like pummeled and shit and things like that oh cool yeah i just shared the picture there so you guys can see and you can see there's benjamin carter 
on the uh, on the ring apron, and mm-hmm. here's the rascals over here. Um, but yeah, that that moment, you know, it was all over here in the in the in the turf. And yeah, look how safe high spots. Looks. Yeah, I mean, we we are so like you said earlier, wrestling fans. It, it it was up to us to build a safe environment, but it was up to the people to populate it and, and make the right choices, and they did, which was so cool. That's true. But um. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was these fast cuts back and forth as as the guys were on the field, and it just felt chaotic, which is exactly what that match was meant to be, right? So the the scramble was meant to be chaotic, goofy characters, all different things. This match was was supposed to be nonstop action, and that's what a Rascals match is, and it was perfect. They, I have never every time we book the Rascals, our expectation is here, and they deliver here every time. Well, and that's, yeah, one of the things I look forward to as a, a, a booker, promoter, whatever we are, is is like, what can we throw at the Rascals next? Because <laughs> that's how we came to this to this match. We were like, th- th- these guys are some of the most talented wrestlers around, and they are always up for anything. I mean, literally anything. And um, and then not only are they up for it, but they they knock it out of the park. And, you know, we, we kind of challenge ourselves to be like, all right, well, what, what are we going to get the rascals this time? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and when we, when we were like, oh, Zane and Blake and, and Steve, a uh, couple months back, uh, sent me some, some tape of um, Benjamin Carter. I had no idea who he was until Steve uh, sent me that a uh, couple matches that were on IWTV and things like that. And I was just like, this guy is incredible. This guy can go. I mean, because we were trying to figure out, you know, who are we going to put with Blake and Zane that can keep up with Blake and Zane, let alone the Rascals. Right. And and just from watching, I think I watched two matches, and I, I texted Steve back, and I'm like, this guy, this guy can go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, one says one just did like a death match recently. Like, I'm not yeah. saying you guys should put death match wrestling on your cards. I'm not saying that, but like. I it, yeah, versatility is there 100%. Well, and that's so they have their influence is Lucha, it is TNAX division from the early 2000s, yep. and then they went to Japan and they trained under Shima and the Strong Hearts in Dragon Gate style. So that's why they they fly, they flip, they kick, they put in submission. They have every tool. You know, similar to what we said about Kylie earlier, you know, I am so thrilled with the roster that we have because we have so many incredibly versatile players so like if you're a hockey fan it's like you've got Taves and Kane and Debrinket and and Doc and you you've got guys mm-hmm. that are really at at the top of the game and that's what the rascals are I mean I'm a fan essentially in addition to you know raising money for the school and, and, and entertaining fans we book these shows because we want to see these matches and I want to see every rascals match we book yeah yeah you selfish POS Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so my last note on the matches, but we can hop around to, to anything that we feel like was missed or want to point on. But my last note was the mini ring cart for uh, Frank and Ego. <laughs> I thought was like just absolutely glorious, like so great. So Frank, we give Frank just like we said earlier with the matches. We give Frank a lot of leeway. Frank, here's here's the match. You do your thing. He made that video where he and Rob reconnect after months and months. Mm -hmm. He put out like a month earlier. And then he said, I have a vision. Can I have access to a golf cart? And I said, dear sweet God, why not? (laughs) (laughs) You you can give them all the hate you ever want. They never show up unprepared. 
They will never, those two, I will boo the hell out of them, but they will never show up not with a plan and try well, to that, execute that plan. That's what makes the best heel that you love to boo. Yeah. Like I don't want to go, I don't want to go to a wrestling show and watch someone that I genuinely dislike. Like I, I, I you know, I get like the mm-hmm. whole, the whole, the whole thing, like heels and faces and good guys and bad guys. And I get that, but like, I want to enjoy booing you. And I don't want it personally. I don't want it to come from a place of hatred or malice. Like I'm just not that kind of dude, but, but like if I'm supposed to hate you and like you want me to hate you and it's okay that I hate you, then, then I love to hate you even more. And, and I think that Frank and, and Robert Anthony have tapped into that, mentality that genre whatever you want to call it where they're they're incredibly talented frank on the mic just wouldn't stop and i didn't want him to uh you know <laughs> dark in the ring doesn't stop and you don't want him to and then you put the two of them together and they're you know honest to true life friendship and and it and it just spills over with their charisma together with their 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 ability to work together i mean there was a part at the end where i was watching it and, I, and they they've they fooled me. I was like, oh my God, is there is there gonna be a a, a turn? Are we gonna see Frank and, and Ego going their separate? No, no, they got me. <laughs> yeah, it, Pillman, I felt like Pillman had so much fire that match, and almost like I thought he was being a, a douche at first. Yeah. Like he raised his douchery to and like and like intensity to ego's level. And they were like, I felt like Ego usually is the one screaming in faces, which he kind of did. But like Pillman, I felt like had like brought it up and matched it. And I was just like, holy shit! Like, who am I supposed to cheer for in this match? I don't know. But um, you know, it's a yeah. new Pillman, and we've talked yeah. about this with Brian. Yeah. That you know, the, the plucky baby face with the goofy mullet that that you just love, and and you loved his dad. He, now he's a different guy. Now he's bulletproof, Brian Pillman, and he's put on some. Oh, that's Maria. Hi, Maria. <laughs> Hi, Maria. Um, um, so anyway, so uh, so Pillman, he's put on some bulk and he has uh, put on a new attitude and he is just intense now. Uh, I think he and just from conversations with him, I know that he wants to make his mark on wrestling. Mm-hmm. He was happy to be here, you know, kind of like Kylie Ray. He was just happy to be here a couple <laughs> of years ago. He's not happy to be here anymore. He wants to be the man. Yeah. Did he, has, has he always used the and maybe I just missed it, but has he always used the bulletproof moniker? No. Okay. That came out during the pandemic. That's new, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. came out right before. I want to say it was like right before he started making some appearances on uh, AW Dark. Um, I, I think he he saw it as an opportunity to kind of rebrand himself, to kind of re yeah. reboot his 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 whole persona. And um, again, just with conversations with him, I mean, we Steve and I either together or independently probably spent five six phone calls uh, hours, you know, an hour each on the phone with with Brian during the pandemic kind of leading up to this show before we even knew if we were going to do a show. Uh, he's our champ. He's our guy. And yeah. he is the man now. And he takes that responsibility incredibly seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with what you said that he upped his intensity level. He was, was so passionate about that match, about that show, about it being, it, it was his first singles title defense, you know, cause he won it at the, the war of attrition um, well, he, he survived the war of attrition and won it. And some people were like, well, you know, he survived, but is he really the champ? Did he really win all this other stuff? And he, he went into this with the chip on his shoulder and said, I'm going to, I'm going to take any doubter, any hater who thinks 
that they have anything to say against my rightful claim to this belt. And I'm going to shut them up. I'm going to silence them. And, and so, yeah, he's got this kind of new persona, this new mentality of I'm hungry. I want everything that, that wrestling has to offer. I want to go get it. And he knows no one's going to give it to him. He knows that, you know, he can, that his, his mullet and his hair and his name will get him so far. And then he's got to bust the door down and, and he is ready. Yeah. I didn't know if the bulletproof was an ode to the, that one, uh, skit where austin shows up austin Austin shows up at filman's house and he's got the gun um or it's like it's a it's that and plus something else but yeah no i was like and it's like rogue heart on his tights or something and it would i mean obviously he's got so much history there or like he he can just build like take that and make his own version of himself with like oats and things and little like fault like um, callbacks i guess he calls a history and stuff so yeah, no, he, he is ready to be, as much as he wants to build on that history, he's ready to be his own guy. And, and that, that's the transition. Cool. cool. Um, and can you, so can you explain, uh, I, I, also, I also have something to admit that I was watching the show today and I was leading up to the main. So I just like skipped ahead in the in-between match part. And I think I missed the part where it turned into a fatal four-way. So can you explain, <laughs> can you explain that to me? And I want to hear, I want to hear from the storytellers. You know, it's just the whole story setup we were talking about earlier, Charlie, yeah. not important at all. The, the, the payoff and you missed it. Yeah. So, um, so basically what happens, you saw what happened with Adonis and Archer. Yeah. And later at the end of the night, Cage and Cobb are just having this epic, woolly mammoth war right like these two rhinoceroses just killing each other and then sam adonis reemerges and he attacks both of them and he stands tall as if he is the man for the night he's laid out archer he's laid out cage he's laid out Cobb. Okay. well not too too far behind out comes archer like a beeline train and he's going after sam and sam's running around the ring and then I, I came out and said, you know, well, Sam, you, you picked a fight with Lance Archer. You picked a fight with Cajun Cobb. Looks like you want to fight. That's what you've got. It's now a fatal four-way. And the place exploded. And then now we had all of these guys together. Okay. And the audience is going to get a conclusion to Archer and Adonis. They're also going to get a conclusion to Cage Cobb. But they also get the bonus of something they didn't expect. Archer and Cobb interacting. Archer and Cage interacting. Adonis with those. This is the first time Adonis and Cage have ever mm-hmm. been on screen together in two years of warrior wrestling. And they're the two wrestlers who have been on every show the first time they were ever in a ring together. So it was all of Mm. these things coming together and it ended with cage putting down Sam Adonis. Yeah. Adonis. Yeah. Adonis got in three more offensive moves and then he's like, yeah, I'll I'll just lie (laughs) down. Let's lie down here. Um, Cool. Yeah. Those are all my notes, but if anyone wants to hop in on like things, I really appreciated match wise show wise. I'd say go for it. Um, I would just say Joey Janela was a highlight. Joey Janela and Jake okay. something came to play. And and both of those guys were new to Warrior, two debuts. And I can tell you, they are two guys we will have back as performers and as professionals. Um, both of them delivered. Both guys that we'd wanted to get on uh, on our on previous shows. But like Steve said, it's all about fit. It's all about the right spot, the right time. And um, this show just happened to be the right time for both of those guys. And when we found out they were both available and both both willing to, you know, get in the ring for us. Um, that was one of those matches where we were just like, this is, this is going to be incredible. It was, a, it was a completely different flavor from the rest of the show. Um, it was, you know, it, it brought it, and it also to a certain extent brought in um, maybe some new fans, some people, because these guys were, are, are so well-known outside of warrior sure. wrestling. Sure, yeah. um, 
you know, they kind of can act as a bridge uh, and, and maybe bring some people to say, hey, what's that warrior wrestling thing Janela was on the other day? And then and then they tune in and they get a great match and hopefully they get a great show. And, you know, and now uh, we can continue to give them great shows and great matches and we can continue to give them more more Jake's, give them more Joey's and uh, and and kind of just build off of this. But, yeah, that that match was a, a huge, huge match in the night. Definitely. So I think this show overall was a success, success from accomplishing what a lot of people thought was impossible. You know, you kept everybody safe. Uh, we had a great show. I mean, we pretty much went down every match on the card. We said we weren't going to do that, but you just can't skip and choose because <laughs> it's all great. Uh, the The mandatory question is, have there been talks about, you know, a next show before the winter hits? Follow that. Yeah. Gentlemen, I, I, I can't announce news right now because it's not all, all the I's aren't dotted. The T's aren't crossed. The paperwork isn't done yet, but I can tell you that we will be back. We will be outside and uh, it's going to be pretty darn cool. Well, that's right. all I, I want to hear. I think we have to pry harder. <laughs> it'll, it'll be worth the wait. If you can just bear with us for a little bit, trust us. We're, we're, Steve and I spent an hour on the phone earlier today, just going back and forth, trying to get those T's crossed and those I's dotted. Uh, if, if you'll stick with us a little bit longer, it'll definitely be worth the wait. Cool. No, it, it always is. It, it's always fun talking to both of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. We appreciate, I mean, you, you, yeah, we appreciate everything you've done just for the wrestling community here in Chicago. Like I said, we're spoiled all the time. And uh, this is just another example of it that like all the people who work, so hard to put on shows here just keep out outdoing and outgunning each other and chris and i are like oh that's cool we'll watch everything um <laughs> <laughs> so uh and you guys as well because you're fans so yeah no it was fantastic all around and, and a plus and there was like there was some um and i can understand people are concerned with safety and things like that i remember when you guys announced there was a ton of saw a ton of negative comments on twitter and i think i hope those people now like open their mind like relook at what you guys can do and have done and uh, are a little bit more open to the fact that this is this is something that that can happen and can be fun so you know we, we talked about this with the original warrior one and, yeah. and this was kind of like a rebirth and a new way to do shows outside the first one is the proof of concept and we've got some things we need to tweak we we, we surveyed people there's some small things we need to tweak but overall the the we asked people one to five how safe did you feel and it was like 80 percent fives and like 18 percent fours so 98 percent of people felt incredibly safe but um we think we've proved the concept wrestling can be done safely outside in illinois now that we prove the concept like eric said hopefully other people take the blueprint but also hopefully we up ourselves we have laid a foundation for ourselves now we need to do it even better and i think you know you said chicago fans are are um spoiled i i think chicago wrestling promotions are spoiled um you know, I, I don't know if Warrior would exist if we were in, you know, Topeka, Kansas or something. Um, not nothing against the fans in Topeka. You guys <laughs> Just bury Topeka. Just bury Sorry. Yeah, I know you guys are awesome. But um, no, I mean, our, our, our fans are incredible. I uh, at the end of the night, I was I was at the I was at the exit and I was um, thanking everyone for for coming out, not not just because they, they came out to a show, but because they trusted us enough this first time around that not only am I going to, you know, uh, times are tough. 
Like you got to pick and choose what you're you're able and willing to spend your money on, spend your time on, spend your energy on, and your safety on. And um, we were we were honored and humbled by the the turnout. We we had no idea what it was going to be. Um, we didn't. We we had ideas. We had hopes. We had aspirations. We had no idea it was going to end up being what it what it became. Yeah. Um, but it was they the fans showed a lot of trust in us to be able to come out for this first show and be, you know, in that first wave. And they were, they were the ones who, like we said, they came out, they got their spot. They said, what do we need to do in order to make this thing happen? And uh, Steve started off the night. I don't know if it was on the the fight. I don't think it made the the present, the, the fight show, but um, he started off the night telling everyone in no uncertain terms, guys, we would love to do more outdoor wrestling but it comes down to you. It, you guys will be the ones who determine if we get to do this again. Uh, and they, they listened, they took it to heart. They, they kept their distance. They only got up to, you know, go to the bathroom. We didn't have concessions. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have anything for them to go walk around and look at other than the, the, the match itself and the ring itself. So, uh, they, they listened, they did their part. They said, I am willing to sit here and be entertained for three hours if it means we get to do more and I will stay here and even, even like dismissal, you know, Steve and I were talking, how do we get everyone out? Cause you know, mm-hmm. they trickled in, but then everybody leaves at the same time. And we said, we do it the same as a high school uh, assembly. You know, you, you dismiss by row, you, you get a handful of people out, then you dismiss the next handful of people. And we weren't sure if, if, a you know, three, 400 adults were gonna, were gonna be cool with that. Um, and they a hundred percent were a hundred percent. There was nobody who was, thinking myself before everyone else. Yeah. That was going to be such an important part of this show's success. We have to have people thinking about everyone, not just themselves, not just, well, I want to beat the traffic or I want to get to my car. It's, it's, we got to do what's best for everyone. And, and thank God the Chicago fans were, were there and they were in arms and they were ready to have a great night. They were ready to have a lot of fun. I think they were ready to let off a little bit of steam and scream and yell and, um, but they were also ready to do it in an appropriate and and completely safe way. So thank God for that. that was, Amen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we can put the, put the cork on this bad boy tonight because that was very uh, perfectly said. Um, so, yeah, uh, I know it's still on fight. Anywhere else that people can check this out. So uh, high Spots. Fun. It's now up on High Spots Wrestling Network. Okay. And so if you subscribe there, if you want to watch an individual replay, you can do that. If you subscribe, you can watch all of the Warrior shows, which I highly recommend, obviously, because they're our babies. But um, we, we've gone back and watched them all when we were in the pandemic. And, you know, I, I would text Eric like, hey, you know, my girlfriend and I are watching Warrior 8 tonight. And then he'd watch part of it the week, you know, week later. And, and then we'd talk about it and compare. So if you missed any of the Warrior shows or even just to go back and relive them, I mean, there's some really damn good stuff in there. So it's all up on high spots. Cool. Great. All right. So Steve, I know you got to go and we can't keep you guys the whole night, which we can, if we wanted to, right. I'm sure we'll get order some pizza, some, uh, you know, Aurelio's pizza, which I'm dying for, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> Steve, let us know where can people find where wrestling social media wise, and we'll wrap this one up. Absolutely. So the website's warriorwrestling.net. Social media is at warrior wrestling, no vowels in wrestling. So W R S T L N G that's Twitter and Instagram. And we've got a Facebook page as well. Stay tuned because very shortly, fingers crossed, we should have some great news for everybody. So uh, we hope to see everybody again. 
pretty soon. And for those who are just making their way back into doing events in the world, we hope that from the pictures and what you've heard, you feel safe and we hope to see you as well. So stay tuned, everybody. Keep your weekends open. Eric, where can people find you online? Find me? Yeah. You're very active on Twitter, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Eric from Warrior. Uh, I'm just Eric from Warrior. Eric from Warrior. Yeah, that's uh, that's at Twitter. Um, I'm Eric from Warrior on Instagram too, but my Instagram is private because it's mostly just family pictures and stuff like that. But um, every now and then on Twitter, I've been known to drop some hints. Uh, I've been known to um, clue some people into some announcements that Steve will allude to uh, on the main page. And then, um, you know, I can either kind of confirm or deny with some of the clues that I like to give uh, along the way too. So if you're interested, it's at uh, Eric from Warrior. Awesome. As far as Two Heels and a Face goes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Heels and a Face. You can go to our website, twoheelsandaface.com, check out older episodes, other articles, and try to work in. Uh, they subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I will get to that. I was trying to send a tweet that says, hey, everyone, follow Eric from Warrior. And now, like, my Twitter's crapping out. So, um, <laughs> Where can we, where are we? We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher Radio, we're on Spotify. And yeah, I mean, some things are on YouTube. We have a little bit of video on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you want working our way there. If you want to send to us there. Yeah, Daily Motion. Huge on Daily Motion. Daily Motion partnered. We have shirts, we have hats. Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the video. It's going to beat YouTube one day. So we're, we're hopping on that train early. Get it on the ground floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but Still I got that. my Microsoft Zune with all my MP3s. <laughs> it's gonna be find me on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace still exists, believe it or not. It's still it, yeah. I don't think it. I don't know. I saw it. I saw it recently. So poor Tom. <laughs> poor Tom. Poor Tom. Man, Tom was an innovator. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. That's where you can find us. All right. Well, we'll call this one done and we'll look forward to more warrior wrestling in the near future yeah thanks for coming guys appreciate it gentlemen always great to see you guys